This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Look at what the Bible says. This is what it says. It says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now look what Genesis chapter 6 says, verse 8. It says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Everybody, folks, that will ever go to heaven, it will always be by grace through faith. It's always God's grace. What, what's grace? <laughs> it's God's riches at Christ's expense. That's what grace is. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. It will always be by grace through faith. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. Notice that again. And Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God. And Noah walked with God. I want to take some time and I want to talk to you about the impact of a life. The impact of a life. One day, Grandpa Henry was sitting in the park with a 75-year-old man. Henry discovered there was another 75-year-old man there. And this man said to him, he had just married a 25-year-old woman. Grandpa Henry was amazed and he said this. He said, your wife must be very, very attractive. He said, no, she's really not an attractive lady. He said, okay. He thought for a moment. He said, she must be a great cook. He said, no, 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 she, she can't boil water. He said, well, she must be a great housekeeper. He said, no, no, no. Tarzan would get hurt walking through our house. And then the man thought, and he said, well, why did you marry her? And the 75-year-old man yawned and said, because she can drive at night. <laughs> I read a stat. It was people that had lived to be 90 years of age, 90 and I do believe this, folks. I believe it's wise to learn from experience, but it's wiser to learn from the experience of others. It really is. We want to have people in, in life that are older and more mature and can help us and teach us. But people that live to be 90 years of age said if they could go back and live life over, this is what they would do different. Number one, they said they would reflect more. They'd reflect more. You know, we're so busy, but... They said, no, we would, we would take time just reflecting, just reflecting, just processing, just thinking. They said, second of all, not only would we reflect more, but we would risk. We would risk more. I love what Mark Twain said, and I believe it's correct. Mark Twain said, 20 years from now, we'll have more regrets over the things we didn't do than over the things we did. Wishing what would have happened what would have happened if I would have done that? They said they would have risked more. And then the third thing they said they would have done, they would have been involved in things 
that would have lived on after they were gone. They were, it would have been involved in things that would have lived on after their life ended. Now, there's a man in the Bible. His name was Enoch. And this is what the Bible says about Enoch. It says, and Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. There's no other way to describe that scripture than this, ladies and gentlemen. You know, God would come down in the cool of day and walk. And apparently there was a time that God and Enoch were walking. And God said to Enoch, Enoch, it's closer to my house than it is yours. There's no need in you going back home. He walked with God, and God took him. And the Bible says he was not. <laughs> I mean, not an astronaut, not a cosmonaut, but a was not. He was gone. But get that down. Enoch walked with God. Now, I want you to notice that Enoch had a son named Methuselah. You've heard people say, he's as old as Methuselah. Well, the reason why they say that is Methuselah is the oldest person in the Bible. He lived to be 969 years old. But Enoch had a son by the name of Methuselah, and Methuselah had a son by the name of Lamech. And Lamech had a son, and his name was Noah. And the Bible says this, and Noah walked with God. Now, we got a granddaddy that walked with God. And we got a grandson that walked with God. You mean to tell me that we don't have an impact? You mean to tell me our lives don't matter? I, I don't think it's coincidental that grandpa walked with God and grandson walked with God. Both men walked with God the impact of a life. Now, what I want us to do, I want us to look at this man, Noah, that walked with God, and I want us to see five things about his life and how he made a great impact. The first thing I want us to see is this. One person can make a difference with God. One person can make a difference with God. God told Noah, Noah, you build a boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. A few years ago, I went to Kentucky. They built the ark there. It's a re replica of it. And I stood there and I looked at that ark and I couldn't help but think, somewhat like that is what Noah built. And I couldn't help but think that one man made a difference with God. One man made a difference with God. Now, when I first put this message together, I simply said, one person can make a difference. But I changed it. And I said, no, one person can make a difference with God. 
Now, I want you to see, folks, what Genesis 7 and 1 says. This is so good. And the Lord said to Noah, Come ye, come now, and thy house into the ark. That's such an encouragement, folks. God didn't say, Noah, you go in the ark. He didn't say, you and your family go in the ark. He said, you and your family come in the ark. And the reason why he said you all come in the ark is because he was already in the ark. And here's what I want you to know. One person can make a difference with God because Romans 8 and 31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? And 1 John 4 and 4 says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Years ago when we was trying to build this building, I came up with a building campaign, and I said to Barbara, I said, I've got the title of the campaign. She said, you've got the title? I said, yes. I said, I watched this movie called Field of Dreams, and I watched it with Kevin Costner, and in Field of Dreams, I've come up, this is the line, <laughs> if we build it, they will come. I said, isn't that awesome, Barbara? She said, well, it's Okay. But she said, you know what I believe? She said, I believe you need to change it. I said, need to change it? She said, yeah, you need to change it. If God builds it, they will come. If God builds it, they will come. One person can make a difference with God. Edward Hale said, I'm only one, but still I'm one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. I want to say to you today, one person, one grandfather, one father, one mother, one single mom, one child, one individual can make a difference with God. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? Now let me tell you something else. You can make a difference for your family. You can make a difference for your family. D.L. Moody said, to determine whether or not a man was a good father, don't look at his children, look at his grandchildren. Now, I want you to know something. There's nothing any more important than family. And you can make a difference in the lives of your family. See, folks, we're so busy giving our family what we didn't have, we're not giving them what we did. We're so busy giving them what we didn't have, we're, we're trying to give them things, and the most important things in life are not things. We're so caught up in things, things, things. But I want you to know something. The greatest thing you can give them is faith. There was a little old three-year-old Allison, and Allison had her crayons, and her grandmother said, let me see those, Allison. She gave them to grandmother. And grandmother said, which color's that? Allison said, blue. She pulled out the next one. Which color's that, Allison? She said, red. She pulled out the next one and said, grandmother said, Allison, which color's that? She said, green. And then Allison said to her grandmother, 
Grandmother, I think it's time you figure out some of these things for yourself. <laughs> you know what Noah did, folks? Noah got his wife. Noah got his three sons. Noah got his three daughter-in-laws on that ark. He, if you read Genesis 7 and 1, he, he got them on the ark. What well, pastor, how did he get them on the ark? Read Genesis 6 and 22. And Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. How did he get them on the ark? Ladies and gentlemen, he did all that God commanded him to do. You want to impact your family? Do all that God commands you to do. You obey God and you leave the consequences to him. You do what God says and it doesn't matter, ladies and gentlemen, because when we please God, it doesn't matter who we don't please. But if we don't please God, it doesn't matter who we do please. I've purposed in my heart, Joshua 24 and 15, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm unapologetically a fanatic for Jesus Christ. You say you're a nut. I'm screwed on the right boat. Amen. I'm a fanatic for Jesus. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14 says, you fight for your family. You fight for your family. You fight for your family. And this is all I'm going to say, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm not trying to beat up anybody. But it's a sad indictment when the divorce rate is as high in the church as it is out of the church. I'm not saying I know sometimes divorce happens, but I believe we ought to fight for our families. I believe we ought to fight for our families. I believe we ought to fight for our children. I believe we ought to pray for our children. I believe we ought to say we're not going to let hell have our children. We're not going to let hell have our children. Second Timothy 1 and 5, look what it says. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois. Now, wait, this is a, a letter that Paul's writing to Timothy. Timothy, who was pastor in the church at Ephesus. He's writing this to Timothy. He said, Timothy, you've got genuine faith in you. But he said, it was in your grandmother Lois. <laughs> See, Timothy was like me. He didn't have a daddy. He was a pagan Greek. He had no... Timothy's daddy influenced him in no way. He didn't have a daddy. So I say to you, single mom, you hang in there. You hang in there. You may be ra raised in the next Timothy. You, you hang in there. Don't you give up. You may be raised in the next Timothy. But Timothy said, I, I saw something in my grandmother. When church time came, grandmother was in church. I saw grandmother pray. I saw grandmother reading her Bible. I saw grandmother had convictions. I saw grandmother had a standard. I saw grandmother there was something right and something wrong. I saw something in my grandmother. Not only did granny have it, but she passed it down to mama. Eunice had it also. Let me tell you something. Columbia University spent a million dollars to find out there's nothing impacts a child like its home life. Nothing impacts a child like its home life. Look what Deuteronomy chapter 4 says. Look what Moses said. Take heed to yourself 
and diligently keep yourself lest you forget the things your eyes have seen and lest they depart from, the, from your heart all the days of your life. Wait. Look what Mo said. And teach them. You teach them to your children. You teach them to your grandchildren. Folks, we're dependent on schools. We're dependent on everything else. But we need to take responsibility as moms and dads. Wait, 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 wait. And let me say something. Grandfather, you're not done. Teach them. Teach them to your grandfather, to your grandchildren. Grandparents shouldn't check out. You ought to check in. You've got a responsibility according to that verse. I'm not interested in, you say, well, pastor, I'm not that interested in my grandchildren. Give them to me. I'll take them. Is that okay, Barbara? I'm a strong leader. <laughs> you can make a difference for your family. Let me tell you something else, folks. You can make a difference for future generations. You say, I don't know if I can or not. Well, let me tell you something. If it wasn't for a guy named Noah, you wouldn't be sitting here today. Did you ever think about this? Humanity would have ceased to exist. Because that, that flood was above the highest mountain. Would have ceased to exist. But you can make a difference for future generations. You can make a difference in the lives of your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren by the life you live. Let me tell you something else. You can make a difference at any age. You can make a difference at any age. Any age. Do, do you realize I was researching this week? This week, a lady became the oldest living mother. Wait, at 74 <laughs> this week, 74 this week, she had twins. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Pete and repeat right there. <laughs> no, no. At 74, she had twins. Now, now wait. The dad, 80. <laughs> 74? <laughs> 80, twins, don't get any ideas, Barbara. <laughs> what I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, we can make a difference at any age, at any age. Psalms 92 and 14 says this, they shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. Folks, let me tell you something. You said, Pastor, been here one day. One day I won't be the pastor of Rock Springs Church. But let me tell you something. I'm not going to retire. I'm going to keep on for Jesus. No, no, I'm, I'm going to keep on because, see, I've still got a purpose. I, I've still got a life. God's still got a plan for me. We ought to keep on because we can make a difference at any age. I mean, get real. Noah was 600 years old before he went in the ark. You can make a difference. You can make a difference. Little girl said, Grandmother, I found your driver's license. I found them in the bedroom. And grandmother, you're 76. 
She said, Sally, shh. People think I'm 59. <laughs> she said, Grandmother, I found out you're 76 on those licenses. I found out, Grandmother, you weigh 182. <laughs> she said, Sally, you be quiet. And she said, Grandmother, I found out you made an elf in sex. a difference at any age. <laughs> Moses was 80 years old and he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Caleb was 85 and he said, give me that mountain. Amen. Enoch was 65 and had his first son, Methuselah. Colonel Sanders was 70 when he introduced finger-licking good chicken. <laughs> and now every day we have the opportunity to clog our arteries. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and Ray Kroc was 70 when he introduced the Big Mac. Oh, folks, get off the sidelines. Get off the sidelines. Get in the game. Make a difference. Don't retire. Refire. Pour into those grandbabies. Pour into those grandbabies. Pour into those children. Live your life for something bigger than yourself. Get away from the mirror. Quit being a mirror person. Start being a window person and live your life for other people and realize you can make a difference at any age. I'll tell you, I'm going to, folks. I'm going to make a difference. I want to keep on making a difference. I want to keep on serving Jesus because of what he's done for me. He's going to get my best to the day I go to heaven because he deserves my best to the day I go to heaven. He's not going to be a spare tire in my life. He's number one, and he deserves to be number one in your life. Church shouldn't be a possibility. Church ought to be a priority. The Bible reading shouldn't be a possibility. Bible reading ought to be a priority. Spending time with God alone shouldn't be a possibility. It ought to be a priority. After what the Lord's done for us, he deserves it, ladies and gentlemen. tell you something. We've got this whole deal. One day I'm going to stand before him. Oh, I'm going to just do what I want to and I'm going to live my life. And it's going to be about me. It's all about me. It's all about my. It's all about I. It's all about me. Now I'm going to just do what I want to and one day I'm going to stand before him. He's going to say, well done. Let me tell you something. Come up real close. He's not going to say well done if you hadn't done well. <laughs> Tweet that out. He's not going to say, well done, if you hadn't done well. One guy was just a miser, never gave anything to help other people, never gave anything. It was about him. Died and get to, gets to heaven, sees all these mansions. And over there, there's a little old shack. They said, that's yours. He said, that's mine. Peter said, we did the best we could with what you sent up. 
That's a joke. <laughs> Some of you better hope so. Anyway, number five, make a difference now. Make a difference now. Here's what I know. One of these days is none of these days. Grandfather, grandmother, mom, dad, make a difference now. Make a difference now. Make a difference now. Look what the Bible says in Genesis 5 and 1, 5 and 21. It says, Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. Now, get this down. Methuselah, that name means this. When he dies, judgment will come. Wait. He had a son. He named him Methuselah. Nothing's in the Bible just to be in the Bible. When he dies, judgment will come. Now, look at Genesis 5 and 25. And Methuselah lived 187 years and began Lamech. Lived 187 years, he began a son. Next verse. And Lamech lived 182 years and began a son and called him Noah. Now look. 187, 182. I'm not, never was real good in math. I always believed a I had a teacher one time, and she asked me, she said, uh, what is three-fourths of five-sixteenths? I said, not enough to worry about. <laughs> Get this down. 182, 189, 369. 369. Now look at the next verse. In the days of Methuselah, were 969 years, and he died. Remember, he was the oldest man. Lived 969 years, and he died. Go back to the 369. Next verse. And in the 600th year of Noah's life, 369, but wait. In the 600th year. 969. The same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. And he got a son. His name was Methuselah. And God said, when he dies, judgment will come. When Methuselah was 969 years old and breathed his last breath of life, the heavens opened up and the flood came. Now you get this down. And it is appointed unto man once to die. But it doesn't stop there. And after this, the judgment. All I'm saying is this. Make a difference right now. Say, I'm going to do something. No, no. Do it now. Because one of these days is none of these days. 
too busy to read the Bible, too busy to wait and pray, too busy to speak out kindly to someone, by the way, too busy to care and struggle to think of life to come, too busy building mansions to plan for the heavenly home, too busy to help a brother who faces the winter blast, too busy to share his burden when self in the balance is cast, too busy for all that is holy on earth beneath the sky, too busy to serve the master, but not a one of us too busy to die. I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, do it now. Do it now. Make a difference now. If you don't know Christ, you say, I'm waiting for that time. No, no. Today is the day of salvation. <laughs> now is the appointed time. Do it now. If you're waiting to impact somebody's life, no, no. Do it now. Tomorrow may not be there. Tomorrow may not come. Do it now. Granddad, because you're old doesn't mean you're saved. You can be old and die and go to hell. Granddad, grandmother, if you're not right with God, do it now. Do it now. Grandchild, if you're not right with God, do it now. Do it now. Because that's all that matters. The impact of a life. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then see, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make and thank you for being with us today. God bless you 
and we'll see you soon.